Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about beginners? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. Like halfway through, I was like, "What movie did we watch?" Uh, <laughs> but you were saying you didn't it. have to remember so it this I was time. Like, right. But I started getting like a little panicky, and I was like, "Shit, what movie do we watch?" Yeah, because I usually watch it today, but I watched oh, it on yeah. Monday because I wanted to have dinner with my parents What'd today. You guys eat? We had steak, yummy asparagus. My what? mom made fatouche salad. Ooh, yummy! Do you like? Have you ever tried fatouche? I have. Doesn't it's it just so have good. pita chips in it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like uh, the dressing is, uh, I think, what makes it oh, yummy. Yeah. Um, Fatushi. Fatushi. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that, but then I was like, nah. Um, I said it. Uh, and then what else do we have? Um, oh, these like weird, they're like sweet, they're like a hybrid sweet potato, regular potato. They're very, very dense. They're like the densest potato I've ever had. Like, mm. even, it was like very, uh, they were like, do you want to bring some potatoes? And I was like, uh. I don't know. I'm like not really. There was something about the texture that I was like, hmm. but this isn't a potato. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, eh. But um, do you not like sweet potatoes? No, I don't. I don't mind them, but I prefer like a regular potato. I think I just like sweet potatoes are. They're fine, but I just wouldn't seek them out. You know, because mm-hmm. like I. Uh, eh, eh. <laughs> At, uh, Mike and I go to this Japanese restaurant and. Um, I've gotten their tempura before, and they do like uh, sweet potato with tempura. Oh, on I it, do and like it's that. Yeah, so it is good. That is good. I think about it a lot. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Sometimes I just I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't really have anything. I feel like I did watch a movie, but I can't remember what it is. So obviously, it wasn't that important. I have something. I have something to say. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> So tonight, so I woke up too late to go to the pool this morning. Uh-huh. So I had to go to the pool uh, after work. And when I came home, I had like just a little bit of time to eat dinner and come over here. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I can never just eat dinner. I have to like put something on TV. Oh, me too. Me eating, too. I even though I have like, there. I'm like, what am I going to sit yeah. there in silence like a psychopath? <laughs> I had 30 minutes. I had exactly 30. Well, I had like 45 minutes, but by the time I finished getting food ready, I yeah. had 30 minutes. And I was like, it'd be wiser of me to just eat without the TV on because that will take time. But I was like, Samantha, just watch TV. So <laughs> you know you're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> so the movie Center Stage was on, is oh my on God. Hulu. Love that movie. And so I thought Center Stage is perfect. I've seen it plenty of times. I can put it on. I don't have to like focus on it. And it's fun. Uh-huh. And I was remembering when you came over to my house on New Year's <laughs> Eve and we were up like almost all night and we were watching Center Stage at like 3 a.m. It was so it much was very, fun. That was very such a fun. fun night. It was very fun. But something that I now I'm not noticing this for the first time. I knew about this aspect of the movie each time I watched it. Uh-huh. But it just like sunk in today when I was watching it. And in the beginning <laughs> of the movie, so Jody, uh-huh. uh, the main character Jody is a ballerina, and she tries out and she gets in this prestigious ballet school. And throughout the movie, they're like hounding her about her hip turnout and her feet and how she's just not good enough 
And at the beginning of the movie, at the audition, when she's when she's dancing for the audition, these two, like, the two judges or whatever have this, like, moment of collusion where they're like, ooh, look at Dancer 15. And the woman's like, she's got terrible turnout and bad feet. And the man's like, but look at her. <laughs> and so the whole movie is predicated on the fact that she's just pretty. Oh, my God. Like, that's I how guess she, I didn't realize I like, that either. They let her into this elite ballet school because of her looks. And then they that's spent the whole year telling her how she's a terrible dancer. Right, right. And I thought, maybe it's on them for, <laughs> like, making horrible decisions and who they should allow in the school. And I think it's so ridiculous. And she's objectified so many times, like, at the little gala cooper nielsen is like oh cooper i won't forget a pretty girl and i was like oh my gosh she has other attributes not now don't get me wrong i mean calling a girl pretty calling someone pretty is a high compliment but this movie really makes it was like a creep he was he was a womanizer but i mean like this movie is really like jody's got nothing but her looks <laughs> jody ain't got nothing but, uh, and, uh, but a pretty face <laughs> and i just i've been like laughing about it all night i'm like you know what if i was her i would be like this is on you guys why did you let me into this school you knew that i wasn't right. good enough it, i don't it, anyway it's so hot it's so movie-fied but listen i love that movie it's so fun it's, it is fun yeah yeah my last job was you know we we've talked about it before but i was let go because i was i wasn't good with the uh the the small tiny details and i was looking over my resume afterward and i was like you know you can tell that this isn't perfect like the way that they like it maybe it was on them for hiring me <laughs> exactly the tables turn eventually (laughs) like yes i understand i recognize that i was at fault but i was also like but was i you knew what you were getting (laughs) like whatever it's all good um yeah so that that's funny i didn't even i never like real i guess i never realized that that she that he was like well look at her so like yeah. her entire career is just her, because some, she's a judge pretty. was like yeah she's pretty and i thought like since when is that i mean i don't think i mean i think that there is a certain look standard for ballerinas so that's not totally out of the question but if she's not good enough to be accepted beyond like, right, in, right for her abilities then maybe the movie like maybe the writer should have written like i think it would have been more effective effective if the judge had said she has some some problems but look at i think she'll improve instead he was like but look at her <laughs> like she's not gonna improve but she's pretty so. she's fucking hot yeah. so let's let her in also also i think you and i talked about this um when we watched it that new year's eve is like when i saw center stage for the first time Jeez, I must have been like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I was. I think, and it was um, like because it was like two thousand one, I think, or yeah, something. Yeah, and uh, I remember thinking in my head because Charlie is like the main love interest, <laughs> and I remember thinking like, am I supposed to think he's cute? Because I kind of don't, but I feel like I do because he's the romantic lead. And I'm telling you, uh, Jim Gordon. Yeah, they named him after Commissioner Gordon, the guy who dates Maureen. Paul Rudd's like, poor man's Paul Rudd. Oh, um, Ian Colfer. <laughs> yeah, I that's think his, his name, name in yeah. real life. But in the movie, his name is Jim Gordon. Is it? <laughs> and uh, he is so much cuter. Oh my I mean, god! I know. He's always been cuter. Wait, no, that's not the right name. It's it's that's that's the writer. I have to look it up because now this is going to bother oh, me. Well, I anyway, know. I was like, when he came on screen, I was like, 
if I was Charlie, the love interest, the love interest of this movie, I would make my agent make them fire this guy because this guy is so much cuter than the main love interest. <laughs> And what were they thinking? They should have made him the ballet. I think that Charlie is a ballet dancer in real life. Yeah, I think that's I think why that he was most cast of them in that were. role. But yeah, but uh, Commissioner Gordon was—he uh, took the cake. And I was like, as an adult, now I'm thinking like casting in this movie was way <laughs> off, like all over the place. <laughs> uh, oh, Eon Bailey. Yeah. Okay, he's I was just—I knew the first name he, was if right. If you're wondering what he looks like, he's poor man's Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's—he yeah. was all—he was in uh, Once Upon a Time. Um, actually, he played Pinocchio. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I remember I'm a liking, real boy. I'm a real. Well, boy. he was like an adult, but like I mean, I figure. You know? <laughs> but at one point, he does turn to wood, which felt weirdly sexual <laughs> in the show. Like I was like, oh, he's wood now. <laughs> What? No, were I you really like oh he's what a little bit yeah like i was <laughs> like there was almost no. like a weird i'm probably i'm no probably didn't it probably wasn't there at all but i'm just <laughs> making jokes i guess but um, i'm kind of attracted to pinocchio <laughs> <laughs> nah girl i was all about captain hook I oh yeah i remember when captain we hook. first became friends like captain hook was I like was, you were always talking about I him i love i like he i like <laughs> i well i kept watching that show for him because i had i had given up like a long time ago and then he came on and he was like such a complex and interesting well-written character and also very cute so that helped um but he was such an interesting and like multi-layered character and i I kind of thought that he was one of the best actors on the show because i didn't like the charming family i didn't like prince charming i didn't really like i didn't think that jennifer goodwin was a good casting for snow white i was like why would they cast her of all the people in the world i know i'm just kidding (laughs) i was like i thought you were agreeing with me i was like right Um, (laughs) (laughs) um but and then i just didn't really care about emma who's the main character there's something about her like she constantly kind of had a frown on her face that's kind of one of like my pet peeves is about people is that it's like and it's it's one of those things where i know she can't help it but i'm like fuck you for the way you look It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. You guys can't see this, but Lauren's high horse just got higher as she said. (laughs) I'm at the moon, baby. (laughs) What is what does Tina say? Legs. (laughs) What does Tina say on Bob's Burger? She's like, "Why does your voice sound like that?" Like, I have a lish. Well, stop it. I have a speech impediment. Well, fix it. yeah um no it's it's so so they brought him on and i was like wow he's so interesting and i like i really liked the villains i was really i was rooting for the villains i did not care about the like the good guys i was like fuck that shit up villains do it destroy everything (laughs) and they did it did it i don't know because i never finished the show because it was not good Mm. yeah well part of the reason is they kept bringing on all these characters and they weren't developing them. Like, you're bringing on, like, Cinderella, but then she has, like, no development whatsoever. And um, it just got too much after a while, you know? It was, like, too too much. It was always, like, the world is going to end. Story Lane Road or whatever the place is called. Storybrook, I think it was called. Like, it's going to... 
the cloud around us is going to explode or something like this, the spell or whatever, like <laughs> Regina, the queen, who I was like, Regina is fucking awesome. Like, let's just be honest here. And Rumpelstiltskin was also a bad guy, but Rumpelstiltskin was also fucking cool. Like, I was like, why are all the villains so likable? You know, like, shit. Yeah. They were the realest, rawest characters. That's the thing. Yeah. You know? So that's why I watched it for so long. But, um, and then I just kind of lost interest and he also ended up hooking up with emma and i was like honey why her her i mean like (laughs) (sighs) it should be me no (laughs) No. it should be you should be me Mm -hmm. no uh that would mean that i'd be like a disney type character i mean do i really want to have that kind of life that means a, a lot of trauma let's be honest you know like you know, they could bring on Rapunzel and maybe it'll be the true story, not the tangled one, because the true story is really messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know it? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The, the the basics are is that the prince that was trying to find her fell into a bunch of bushes and was blinded. Blind. I do know it. Yeah. She yeah. was pr- impregnated she by him. She fixed his eyes yeah. with her tears. But she was impregnated by him I and she was kicked out yeah, yeah. by Mother Gothel yeah. and like had to have the babies in like the woods and Ugh. like had twins, I think, or oh no, maybe those those maybe sleeping beauty. But anyway. And then they found each other and it is kind of a happy ending, but it's also like I read a book. <laughs> so I read a horrible. chapter book when I was in like middle school called Zell multiple mm-hmm. times. I really liked it and it was uh about Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Yeah, it was uh, like a like a a fiction like an like a young adult slash adult fiction book about Rapunzel and I went through a minor obsessive phase about it. I got it from the library multiple times and read it. I love I yeah. loved this the real story of Rapunzel. I've always liked that story. You know, she's named after a lettuce. I do know because yeah. I read the book, remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Well I was saying I'm just saying that. But um one time in Mixed Company, um I was with some friends and I don't remember what we were doing, but we were outside. Maybe we were at a cookout or something. And the house we were at had like weird foliage in their garden. And I was like, what is this? Like Rapunzel? And I thought it would get a laugh. And it was crickets. Like people were negative laughing. That's how much people didn't appreciate it. And I thought, that's funny though, right? But maybe not everybody knows that she's I know. I think a lot of people don't know, you know? Uh, Honestly, I think I learned that in elementary school because I remember uh, in like first grade, our teacher told us that Rapunzel was lettuce because when Rapunzel's mom was pregnant for her, she was graving the lettuce. Yeah, and and that's, and he, the dad was stealing the lettuce, and that's how Mother Gothel was like, she's like, all right, I know this is totally equal. So for my lettuce, you need to give me your baby. It's the same. It's the same, <laughs> the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. That's why at you know? this, in the produce department, there's all kinds of like children in baskets Babies, just yeah. sitting there. Oh, great. I love this baby. Yeah. Well, thank you. Like, I wanted a blue-eyed child. Well, thank you. <laughs> I usually take the baby, mm-hmm. keep it for a week, and then when I need to buy more lettuce, I take oh, the baby okay. back so and use it as payment. <laughs> right. That sounds like mm-hmm. a great... And then yeah. I take another baby and then right, pay. Right. And yeah, it's just, and then, you know, it's like, you know, that's the way currency should be. Totally, yeah. yeah. It makes like sense. a barter system. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Buttons and babies. Like, and for some reason the parents are like, Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I'd be like I'd be like, um no. I like so I'll pay you for the Rapunzel I stole. I'm sorry. It was like two hundred dollars here you go. Like well, I don't know, maybe they were just so poor they couldn't you know afford what? it. I don't know. They could have but, been smart about it and like stolen just enough to plant their own. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't 
Uh, we don't know. They're we not sh- the first idiots to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> I'm wondering, did she have magic hair in the original, or was that... Like, she obviously had the magic tears, but I don't think she had the magic hair, like... If I'm remembering correctly, didn't the Rapunzel that her mom ate when she was pregnant cause her hair to grow? Or maybe it was maybe it was magic Rapunzel magic. or something. I mean, we could break this I have down. To read the, I, have to find, I have to go back to the library <laughs> of my youth and find that book and read it again. A library of your youth. That's yeah. so, like, that makes it, like... I like that. Just the that library was a magical place. No, I, I mean just like the library of my youth. Like oh. I picture this like trademark. Mental, you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I picture this like mental place, like just filled to the brim with like all these beautiful Parchments. old books. You know, mm-hmm. um, not unlike the uh, library in Beauty and the Beast. Yes, but you know. Yeah. It's not only one Beauty and the Beast movie that disappointed me. Now there's two. (laughs) Was the French one worse? I don't know. (laughs) They're both really bad. (laughs) Which one would I watch more? That's the question. If I had to. If I was tied to a chair and I was forced to watch the Emma Watson Beauty and the Beast or the French Beauty and the Beast, which one would I watch? If it was in French, I'd watch the French one. But only if it was in French. Yeah. That's my decision. That was Bad actually made pretty easily. It's dubbed. I know. It's so stupid. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Are you ready to talk about the movie? Let's do it. Okay. So, you've seen this movie before. Yes. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen it? Is this like your second time this seeing it? This is my or? second time seeing it. Interesting. So, when when is the first time that you saw it? <sighs> when did it come out? 2010 i probably saw it in 2011 or 12 so like really recently yeah i watched it when i lived uh when Lindsay and i lived together oh okay so it was a while ago yeah let's say 2011 okay because you've lived in your apartment for like 10 years now around i've lived in my apartment for 11 years oh nice yeah i'm going on my 10th year yeah yeah um so what was it like watching it the second time? <laughs> like, do you, did you still like it as much? I mean, or I love this movie. Okay, I was just I was curious. I liked it too. Okay, um, it was very sweet. Made me cry. Um, I love Christopher Plummer, and I've been a fan of him since I was a kid. On you know, I mean, because of Sound of Music. So, um, I really. I let's so I let's do the uh, little uh, synopsis. Do you want to do it or you want me to? Do you it? can do it. Okay. So this is about a man who uh, his wife passes away and he's seventy six years old, I think, and he comes out as gay and he's like, I want to just totally immerse myself in the gay lifestyle. I I really loved that. <laughs> I really love that. And he passes away and his son is dealing with the loss of his dad and also dealing with a new love interest and so he's just kind of trying to put his um his experiences that is his he saw with his parents and how they interacted into his own experience and it's you know there's a lot of i think there's a lot of trauma there you know so um that's pretty much it yeah Mm it yeah I I liked it. I think it was cute. I think it was... um, I actually 
recommended it to Isabella already. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to tell you how I feel. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Like, <laughs> if you listen to this episode, you've already been recommended. I was like, I was like, Isabella, listen, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you how you feel about it, but I think that you will like this movie because it is very similar two of the other movies that you've recommended to us. Did she say, I'm, I'm actually would be surprised if she hasn't seen it. I think she actually, so actually she wrote me back and I never responded. Sorry, Isabella. Oh my gosh. This is your response now, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it's see. not even private. Everyone listening hears it. It's, so it's not listening. special at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, let's see. Oh, she said she'll watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, wait, where is it? Yeah, she said she'll watch it tonight. So, I don't know if she watched it or not. Um, we were kind of talking about the Danish girl a little bit through email, but anyway, um, it, it like it definitely had a lot of the similar vibes of like some of the movies that she's recommended, mm-hmm. um, and just it kind of like n- I wouldn't say like a slow pace, but that is I guess kind of the word I would use. Um, a- emotional, like visceral, um, and you're you're essentially watching this guy who's uh the dad's name is hal okay oliver oliver experiencing the death of his father and then like shortly after falling in love with someone new and she's and i think it's interesting because she's kind of like unavailable as well you know with her job and everything um but the first thing i wrote down is that i love how he talked to the dog (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. It's so cute. I love it. He's like, here's the kitchen. Here's the living room. Here's my bedroom. How are you doing, Arthur? You know, and like, I thought it was really cute. And I thought I loved how he like brought him everywhere. He couldn't bear to leave him behind because Arthur was always crying. And I was like, oh. And I like when they put the subtitles on the screen of Arthur talking. <laughs> he's oh my are gosh. we married now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's so if this, cute. If, even if this movie was total crap. I would still like it for the dog, but the fact that this movie is the opposite of crap, it and it has this like amazing dog thread. It's just like it's adorable. Yeah, everything. it reminded me of like how I talk to my cat. You know, well, I mean, I talk to my cat like he's a baby, but um, sometimes I feel like he responds, and I was like, I wish I had real life subtitles for him being like, "Are we married yet?" <laughs> I'm like, no, buddy, it doesn't work that way, you know. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I, uh, so, you know, I wrote down, like, um, wait, he wasn't a, he was a, Arthur was a terrier, a Jack Russell terrier? Jack Russell yeah, terrier? Yeah, he kind of looked like a, maybe a Jack Russell mix. Okay, he's, they, they did say, and I wrote down Jack Terrier, which now I'm like, it's not even a thing, um, but I like that Oliver, like, said the history of the terrier, and I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, yeah. that's kind of fun. Um, and he also kind of like he seemed like Oliver had like an interest in history itself, which was really cool because I love history as well. Uh, but so I, I anyway, <laughs> I'm well, I feel like I'm taking over the conversation. No. I, I put in your two cents. Yeah, no, I I love this movie. Um, the first time I saw it, it really affected me, and it was just, it's just, I think it's a really powerful movie. I think it has multiple powerful facets to it, um, but uh, Oliver's story in particular really, I don't know, I think it's a really beautiful story about love and loneliness and fear, and it's just so, 
I don't know. It's like a relaxed pace. I don't think yeah. it's slow. It's like it's so thoughtful and and it's the reason I've only watched it twice is because it's I don't know like it's not a movie that I want to sit and binge watch a lot of times, but that's in no way an indictment about the movie. Yeah. Cuz it's just like so beautifully sad but beautifully happy at the same time and it's so lonely and the most lovely of ways and i and i just i feel i really felt like it spoke to me um at that time of my life very powerfully just with oliver and and just fear of yeah fear of being heartbroken fear of being in a relationship where you're not valued fear of fear of letting someone into your life and just how scary that is and at that point in my life i was like 28 26 27 and i was just kind of like living the long-term single life and as exciting as relationships are they're you know they're also really scary because you're putting yourself on the line and and then i really like the backdrop of him having a good relationship with both of his parents me too but also alternatively seeing the toll that his father's being gay takes on his mother but the reason that i think this movie is so beautiful whereas i thought the danish girl really affected me in a different way was because his mother and father like they his mother knew that the that al was gay yeah and they got married anyways because you know and well, how Hal, sorry, Hal. I wasn't sure if you said his mother Al. Knew, you I said there? Al, but I was like, his mother knew Hal was gay, and yeah. they got married anyway, so there was no deception there. There was right. just, like, youthful ignorance, I think. And so... Well, not only youthful ignorance, but, like, ignorance for the time. Because it was the 50s. Society, yeah. Yes, yeah. Right. And people and, thought being homosexual was a mental illness. Yeah, and they mentioned that in there, where, like, his yeah. psychiatrist said he had a mental illness and everything. Mm-hmm. So, and and so I think, like, they both had these ideals that, like, I, I, I just, there's so much to unpack. I don't want to get, go through it all, like, in the first five minutes. But, so I really like that. Oh, it won't be five minutes. The backdrop, <laughs> just the backdrop of his fear is, like, oh, my father was gay and my mother was always lonely. Mm-hmm. And even though it was her choice, she was always lonely. And I like how, like you can be with somebody who may be, you may be both heterosexual, but you can still be really lonely. Like, you don't have to have a homosexual partner to feel that loneliness. And so it's really scary to open yourself up to something that could potentially not be a relationship that is actually very fulfilling at all. And so it's really scary. And I, I just, I don't know, like, it really spoke to me, like, like I said. And I still really, really love this movie. I love how thoughtful it is. I love how beautiful it is. But I saw... I th- I saw a lot more hopefulness this time around than when I watched it when I was 26. Let's just say 26. Interesting. And like this time around, like I really like the ending. I really really like the ending. And when I saw it the first time, I just felt so sad. But in a in a good way like anyway. Well, it's bitter it's so bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Yeah. But um I just I you know, just get some life under your belt and and things make a lot more sense and so I just I really like this movie. I think it's like it, it's it's almost in my mind when I was watching it today, yeah, Monday. I mean, I thought it was kind of like how Wes Anderson movies should have matured, 
because it has a lot of quirks and mm-hmm. it's very clever and the characters are realistic but they're kind of witty and like Wes Anderson's movies I mean it's it's like Wes Anderson light it's never you know but it, it almost seemed like an homage like in a perfect world Wes Anderson's movies would have matured to something like Ma- Beginners and not something like Asteroid City or whatever is the one that's coming out you know like that's a, yeah that's the nice one yeah. because I really like the cut scenes like the fast cut scenes about things I really love like this is like so up my alley with him being like my dad was born in 19 19- 32. This is what people look like in 1932. Yeah, like this is what too. the stars yeah. look like in 1932. This is what beautiful was, you know? And I think, like, like, if that's not me and things that I fixate on, then I don't know what is. And I really love that. I love it in this movie. It's just, I don't know. I just, I have heart eyes for this movie. And I, I can totally, I, really I can like see it. why. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I, I mean, I get goosebumps a lot when I talk about things that I'm like passionate about. Um, I, I, let's see. Hold on. Um, yeah. So as I was watching the film, like the entire film until they said, uh, until Hal said that your mom was aware that I was gay. Well, he mean, he said it in a different way, but you know what I mean? Um, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if she knew. I kind of thought maybe she didn't. Um, so that's kind of the, like, I was, I was basically like riding that assumption until that point yeah, that I they thought. they wait for like three-fourths of the Yeah, yeah, they... pretty much. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you always see her, um, by the way, she looked super familiar and I looked her up and I think, I have seen her in a couple things. She was in apparently like an episode of Supernatural and like some other stuff. So I did like recognize her, but she wasn't, she's like not one of those people that I can like pinpoint exactly like, oh, I know, I remember the exact scene, whatever. It was just more like she vaguely looks familiar, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she kind of has like a Wendy Malick look to her yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's, she's pretty, she's got a unique look. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I thought that that was interesting that she did know and she was like, I can change you and I can, you know, and, and all that stuff. And I can understand in the 50s why someone might think that way mm-hmm. versus, you know, to what, 70 years later where we're like, well, actually, homosexuality is like totally normal. It's a regular thing. You know, it's not a mental illness. There are people all over that are, you know, are like this. Um, And and it, it was just so sad watching her like as he would leave he'd leave for the day and she would always like lift her face so she'd get a kiss from him like a kiss on the mouth and he never kissed her on the mouth he always kissed her on the cheek that's what it looked like to me anyway and i think they were short kisses like he wouldn't yeah. linger you know yeah and she yeah. and she just looked she just had this look of like just like oh that's what it is you know it was almost this placid sort of sad acceptance like this was her life and and so i think that the movie takes place in like 2003 i think yeah so it's like early early 2000s and um so i think that this was probably likely still at a time when um you know people weren't as open or accepting as homosexual about homosexuality certainly much more than the 50s obviously but I think that we've come a long way within 20 years, you know, compared to where yeah, we were. So, I think so. Yeah. I think um, something about his mom that I really, really liked in this movie is that 
like, I think it, well, this movie is based on a true story. Did you know that? I didn't the, know that. That's the interesting. The person who wrote it, it's, it's based on his real oh. parents. So he's like Oliver? Mm-hmm. And, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think his name is like Mike or Matt or something. And okay. It's not Oliver. But anyway, um, so something I really liked about his mother is that she was so full of vigor and personality. Oh, big time, yeah. And I think that one of the real devastating aspects of the movie is that she... She, I think Hal really loved her and appreciated her, but not in a way that she deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think similarly, I think she obviously loved him, but not in the way he deserved either. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? So right. I think the road went both ways. And I think that's why I really like this movie, because I think the two of them had so much mutual respect for each other that that clouded maybe their judgment for their whole marriage. Like maybe in the 60s when you got married, you know, you thought... Well, they said, like, you know, if you're gay in the, that time period, like, you lose everything. Like, you don't yeah, get to have right. a family and a house and all these things. You know what I mean? You become, like, a social pariah almost. But, like, maybe they could have gotten divorced in, like, the 80s. You know what I mean? Right, right. But and I they think that they together, had, like, yeah. love and respect for each other in a way that they stayed together. And I liked that they didn't hate each other. But I like... I. I think what's so beautifully sad about it is that his mother is just kind of like put on a shelf, you know, like Definitely. she's she's lonely in the in a deep place where I think a heterosexual person could truly love her in every way. Oh, I think so too. You know what yeah. I mean? And that would be so fulfilling and she's so, you know, like she's like she's almost like just like this person who is just dying to bloom but can't because she's in the wrong relationship but (laughs) she still has like such a personality and i think yeah and i think it would be so easy to write her as an alcoholic or something but she's not like she's like so clever like she'll walk into a room when oliver is a kid and she'll like pretend to kill him and he'll die (laughs) and she's like you can die better than that you can do better than that yeah Yeah, and and he's like okay and then he (laughs) dies better like she's like yeah and then they and then um, something I really, really like is when he meets Anna for the first time and she can't speak because she has laryngitis. So he's like, I'll drive you point. And then later in the movie, and they, his you see mother the same thing, is yeah. doing that with him as a kid. And I think like, in my mind, I'm like, that's how he, that's how you know that like Oliver loves Anna because I assume he hasn't done that with other women. You right, know? right. I don't know. That's just the romantic no, part I, of me. I think, and, well, I mean, I think he really, really cared about his mom, you know, yeah, exactly. they had a good relationship. So I don't it think seemed. that he would do that little game with any woman, you mm-hmm. know, but anyway, and so then, yeah, like you said, like the mom is like always longing for like more of a kiss or more of right. a connection. But I, and I think that it's sad because she's so full of life and she wasn't like wasting away and and then arthur is the dog al sorry too many (laughs) names hal what is wrong andy andy's the boyfriend okay anyway andy's the boy andy's goran vizhnik's character which by the way terrible haircut terrible haircut entire movie i was like bro please get a haircut so i think hal loved and respected his wife yeah but he also was not being loved in the way that he you know like that would be so fulfilling for him and so when his wife passed away he had an opportunity to find that love Mm -hmm. and it was very fulfilling for him and i think that that the movie has this really interesting battle for oliver unlike 
being happy for his dad but being sad because his mom never got to experience that fulfillment yeah and i think that that's because i also think it'd be really easy to write oliver as having an antagonistic relationship with his father but he doesn't he truly loves his father and that's why i think it's so beautiful and well written and just it's just such a good story and the battle and like I now I feel like I'm just like word vomiting. So anyway, no, I, I think I it's love just it. it's just really well done because none of the characters are hateful, and it's not like the Danish girl where I felt like I was just like watching somebody be so cruel to somebody. It was just like here's all these people who just made grievous errors in a time when they didn't know that they were making them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I I um oh, shit. I was gonna. I had like a. Ch- I had, I was going to say something. Oh, I think that as far as what you were saying, um, that they could have made her an alcoholic or whatever. I think it's very easy to fall into the trope of like miserable wife. Yes. So she turns to prescription drugs. She turns to alcohol. Yeah. She turns to, you know, anonymous sex, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yep. Affairs. Right. Yeah. But they really kept it like this writer or whatever really kept it like almost kind of pure in a way i agree you know like that these two people who obviously very much loved each other hal and um his mom was named uh was it um georgia georgia okay that doesn't sound familiar at all but i trust it (laughs) (laughs) she wasn't she wasn't yeah i don't think they ever said her name i think he always said mom yeah because i don't think hal ever said her name i think he said your mother or something yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um so uh one time my mom referred to my dad as brian that's his name obviously (laughs) she was like she's like brian will put something on the grill and i was like who? <laughs> what do I have a always, stepdad? All she's always said your father, your dad, or daddy, or whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so she's like Brian, and I was like, don't call him by his name. <laughs> it was like super weirded out by that because she had texted it to me, and I told her that later, and she's like, that's so funny, and I'm like, I was really weirded out by that. They called you just, you by his name. <laughs> you just reminded me of something. Um, so Drew Holcomb, the musician he has a band called drew holcomb and the neighbors Uh and uh he made a tweet like years ago when his daughter was like a toddler and he said like i just asked my daughter what my name was and her reply was (laughs) drew holcomb and the neighbors kid like your parents are right. mom and dad like names are, my parent doesn't have a name like, <laughs> um there's there's an episode of bob's burgers it's one of the in the first season i think where gene is a uh he runs in a mascot race at a baseball game and and there and he wins and mr fish odors played by kevin klein is like what's the name of your family's restaurant and he's like oh i don't know i can't remember the name <laughs> you know and and bob's like it's bob's burgers he's like screaming from the stands <laughs> and later bob's like jane why didn't you say the name of the restaurant and he's like you're dad i think of it as dad's burgers and he's like you live above it like how do you not remember this so that just reminded me of that i love it that's exactly it that's exactly it <laughs> it's so um i thought that yeah it, it, i i so i really i want to talk about i just i love how hal fully threw himself into the gay lifestyle he got a gay openly gay priest which i thought was like fucking adorable as shit i was like <laughs> fuck that's so cute um he joined like a a, a gay 
choir, like all, the, and he had all these. Like I, I'm getting goosebumps. This I did like this movie. I <laughs> goosebumps talking about this movie, but like I loved that he had such an amazing community of I know, friends. The community of, of like yeah people like homosexual yeah. men. It looked like it was all men like that came around him and like yeah. they're just always there. I thought and it was they, really like, cool. They were like super supportive. Like he yeah. had a family mm-hmm. essentially, you know. Yeah. And I love that he was like, you know what? I'm old and I want to th- fully throw myself into the gay lifestyle. And I was like, do it. Yeah, do it. and Go I like that they have fun. Like, like do it, you know, in an extreme juxtaposition, like from the the like cut scenes where Oliver is talking about how his dad used to have to hide in bathroom stalls to have sex and right, everything. Right, right, yeah. Like in, in in a juxtaposition, completely to the early part of his life, like the gay community welcomed him with open arms, exactly. Even though he hadn't yeah. been living as a gay man for you know forty years or however long they were married, and, right. And and so he's like he's getting all this welcoming and acceptance when in the beginning of his life he had to like hide it, you know. Yeah, and they're like having like movie night, like yeah. It just it was movie so nights, I like love it. I was like getting a little jealous. I was like, I want this. <laughs> I was like, why don't I have this? You know what I mean? Like, he I was gives, like, he gives like, Oliver like, like I would be, I would have all this. <laughs> he gives Oliver a sticker with the the pride flag on, it, and he's like, take that. It's the pride flag, and Oliver's like, everybody knows that, and he's like. No, everybody does know, not know I that. He's like, that. yeah, Dad, the pride flag has been around. Everyone knows what it is. And he's like, huh. huh. I love huh. how Hal's like, no, 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 that's a, that's a new thing. And yeah. it's like, Dad, no. But um, he just like, I mean, I wrote down like he just, you can see how much he belongs, you know? Mm-hmm. I So I have to tell you something. So Goran, Goran Vizhnik is how I've always pronounced his name. I don't I don't know. I When I was younger, I thought he was super he hot. He was on the show ER. Super hot. Yeah, Dr. Kovach. Um, I never watched ER, but I, there was something else I saw him in. I want to say it was Practical Magic, but he was like a real piece oh, of yeah. shit in that. I think he was in that. I don't think it was that movie that oh, I saw him in. Right. It was something else. But I used to think he was really hot. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, mm, no. No, um, <laughs> I just like total 180. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. He but, can stay in the past with your 13 year old self. Yeah. That's fine. But then, especially when I saw him in this movie, I was like, oh no, that's an extra no. Yeah, on his top. hair was his. I don't know if he was wearing a wig or if they just took it all was, the printer ink and dyed his hair with it. I don't yeah, know. But it like, was it, like it was very like, and I understand that that's probably just like a product of its time. Like it was maybe like the Zac Efron because I that was like so. a really yeah. hot look then, yep, you know, uh-huh. with um. Uh, High School Musical and stuff yeah. like that, um, and then everyone kind of called the it the Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. But I was like, but it was kind of like not <laughs> the Justin Bieber first. It was the Zac Efron for like a long time before Justin Bieber came around, <laughs> and then Justin Bieber made it hot again. Um, but I there's there's a scene where Hal's in the hospital and Andy comes in and he and his whole face lights up and he goes Andy and I was like yeah oh and just like the just this you know they they kissed and it was just a sweet moment of like you're you're seeing this man who's been in the closet for so long for 76 years i think he was 76 years old yeah um -hmm. yeah and and because yeah and he's just like He's going into it head first. He wants to do everything. He wants to live his life to, you know, the best that he can. And he really does, you know, and it's it's like it's it's admirable. Honestly, it's admirable. And it's almost 
not I don't really necessarily feel like I don't belong to like a specific place or anything like that or like I feel like I need to be surrounded by um like I don't I identify as a queer woman but I don't that's not necessarily something I would necessarily seek out you know because I've also never hid that side of me you know I've always been very open that I am attracted to women I'm attracted to men um and it wasn't until recently that I really put a label on it which like my sister was like well why do you have to label it and I was like because I want to because it it's something that makes me feel like it's a it's a part of me that I can actually like talk about and have something to like what like to give it a name i guess is if that makes sense you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i've always yeah. been because i've i've always been like i know i'm not bisexual but i'm not straight <laughs> i know i'm not straight and queer was like the perfect label it was just like you know what you're, you're kind of into women kind of ish but you're mostly into dudes that's cool you know like and i was like and i and when i found that out i was like and actually um it was actually someone who worked at Farmers that inspired me to come out as queer. So she was she's an openly gay woman, and I told her that, and she had this really, really wonderful response. And it's making me emotional, but um, it it was like a very, it was like a powerful moment <laughs> in my life. And I'm getting emotional over this, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not crying, but I feel like I could get there. <laughs> but yeah, so um, to me, like this was just just seeing how much he just loved this lifestyle and how much he how open everyone was to accepting him was just such a beautiful thing to see, you mm-hmm. know, and, and especially since he was an older guy and that could maybe be like, maybe, you know, it could be harder to, to be part of that when you're an older guy, but he was just like, I don't care. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. And I was like, fuck yes, hell. Fuck yeah. I liked his <laughs> you know? enthusiasm a lot. Like, Me too. I like when he called Oliver in the middle of the night and he's like, I am not sorry I woke you. <laughs> I, I went was, to this club and they were playing the greatest music. <laughs> he's like, so what cute. was that? And Oliver's like, probably house music. And he's like, house music. <laughs> I love that he was like, it sounded like this. It was like, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, was, I, I love that. Yeah. I thought that that scene was really cute. It was like four in the morning. He's like, dad why are you calling he's like not sorry um <laughs> it's christopher Plummer won an academy award for that role oh did he mm-hmm. he won an award yeah. for hal yeah, yeah i can see why very uh, well deserved there is a scene where um the latino uh nurse i can't remember his name i want to say it was like jose or hector or something yes with the hair gel yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and he was like look how wonderful his hair looks and then he did that a little bit and you could see oliver in the doorway and he's like it looks wonderful dad you can see he's choking up he's starting to cry i was like full-on like oh my god you know like i was like crying at that point and it was like a hospice nurse yeah yeah because you know he was yeah he was dying and 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 like hal was he was so accepting of like his cancer diagnosis too you know he was like okay that's just the way it is you know and i thought he was kind of like in denial about it i think he, i think he was a little bit too um because he was like not he was just like yeah maybe i'll beat this thing yeah yeah and there was like a the scene where where oliver's like you have stage four cancer dad like this is it you mm-hmm. know this is the end 
And he's like, no, 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 that just means I went through the three other stages. And I yeah. was like, that's yeah. not how that, that's not. This isn't like a, you go through stage one and you learn and then you go to stage yeah. two because you're learning more. No, this is totally I think that, not the same. Yeah. And there's some heartbreaking realizations behind that is that he only really got five years to live. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was less than that. I think it was four. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, his well, yeah, because his mom his wife passed away mm-hmm. and then he immediately was like now's the time mm-hmm. and uh and and then he got diagnosed with lung cancer yeah like, yeah so yeah. like four years after that so maybe he had like right. a few months but so i think that there's like he's he's still trying to live everything to the fullest to get what he never he didn't get to do i know and, and i think that makes that that's what makes this movie also very sad because yeah. he could have spent a, 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 I wouldn't. I was gonna say his whole life, but that's not realistic. Now with being, you know, married in the fifties and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he could have spent at least like the nineties or part of the nineties, yeah. you know, being out and enjoying his life and and having um, maybe like a good ten years or something to enjoy himself. But four years in the in the span of a human life is really not that long, you know? And, I mean, that's how long we go to school for when we're going to college, you know, if we're getting, like, a bachelor's. So, um... That's how long most people are pregnant for. (laughs) No, yeah. Yeah. I think... I think that's part of the reason why this movie is, like, happy with the uh, undercurrent of sadness. Because... For sure, yeah. Both him and his wife could have had, like... You know know, what I mean? Like, they both missed out on so much, and he got the chance to experience that but not for nearly long enough you know? i know and like i i understand that they both really loved each other and even though it's not a romantic love you can still really love someone and and i mean obviously he did want to stay with her they did want to stay together but i think that there's also something to be said about like you want you also want that person to be romantic to satisfy you sexually, you know, mm-hmm. to be in, in a situation where you um, feel satisfied by this relationship. Mm-hmm. And neither of them really had that because neither of them, I mean, she wanted that from him, but he could not give that to her. Yep. You and know? vice versa. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, I and think they couldn't fully open up to each other. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that you can in a situation where you are married in the fifties and wait, they're married in the fifties, right? Fifties or sixties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For some reason I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, what? Anyway. Um, it's a, it's a minor detail. It doesn't <laughs> really matter. Yeah. Um, Cool, because I'm thinking, I'm like wondering how old Oliver was, like when he, he was, was born. born in 1964. Okay, so and Anna he was, was like born in 1971. I think is what they said. Okay, he was 38. Yeah. Oliver's 38. Okay, okay. He and says that. That's why. No, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So okay, mm-hmm. so it's because he was like almost 40. Okay, so that's that makes sense. So he must have been born like a decade after they got married. Basically, is kind of what I assume, or I'm, close I'm not to a sure. decade. They might have said the timing, and I just don't remember the time frame. I'm like, I'm it trying to like really math matter, matter, it, it but, doesn't. But I. <laughs> I feel like but you're you know, focusing on like <laughs> well, weird detail. Well, like you get. Oh no, I'm focusing on detail in a movie review <laughs> podcast. All right. <laughs> no, <I'm just> like, <laughs> that's like that's like one of the when I worked uh, when I one of my previous jobs I had this uh, coworker that I really loved named Julie, and I would talk to her about movies, and every time she'd go, Lauren, can't you just sit and enjoy the film? And I'm like. <laughs> 
Um, talking about it and tearing <laughs> apart is the enjoyment. Like, I'm like, what don't you understand about that? And she like did not get it. And then I remember I came in and I was like, I watched the most disgusting movie over the weekend. And I was like, it's called Rumor Has It. <laughs> She's like, that movie was cute. And I was like, oh, did we watch the same film? Because <laughs> no, it's not. This guy sleeps with three generational women. There's that okay. The grandmother, the mother, the daughter. And the daughter kind of thought that maybe he was her dad. Well, she slept with him. Just saying. There's something There's something not right in the house of Costner, okay? Because <laughs> he was in that. <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So I wrote down that the mom found out that she was Jewish when she was 13. And the dad found out that he was gay at the age of 13. So they're like... In the middle, like, so I think that you seem that they got married in their 20s, I guess. Um, So they were like right in the middle of like World War Two, basically, when this occurred. Didn't they say that or something about I thought it was like they were 13 in like 1941 or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this was like right at the cusp of World War Two and a very scary time for I mean not just Jewish people but homosexuals as well because homosexuals were also rounded up in concentration camps and they were in America Europe. though yeah I know but I'm saying but oh historically but still, speaking yeah but, but I mean still, they were in America they weren't like in danger of being right. rounded up okay but like I just wanted to clarify for people who hadn't seen the movie like, right yeah. but like you you still don't know because when was when was Pearl Harbor bombed was that 41 yes okay I mean, they rounded up Japanese people, and I'm saying Japanese because they were not necessarily all Japanese people. They were just of Asian descent, really, which was... And to me, if I was a Jewish person, and I was living in America, and or the United States, and I was watching as my Asian neighbors were being rounded up in internment camps, my thought would be, what if I'm next? Because I'm Jewish, because I'm gay, whatever. You know what I mean? So that's what I think it's... I don't know in 1941 if they... I don't know how much the American public knew about... They they probably did know a little bit about the, the, the Holocaust. The Holocaust. But I mean, it wasn't called the Holocaust at that time, so they that's might true. not have really known. That's, I mean, I'm not saying... That's, you know, obviously you're always wondering like you yeah. know especially when you know bad things are happening to the jews and uh gay people and the gypsies and yeah the, you know the japanese people in your own country but romani i think is what they're called yeah well i so i don't know how much they would know i think you might be i think you might be right about that i think that that was something that was exposed I mean, more after the war yeah. yeah or maybe later in the war to after yeah. the war cuz you know in the 40s to remember how insulated people were true like, true you know they had radio yeah. and newspapers and the 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 nazis were trying to hide evidence of concentration camps like up until the allies set them free basically so um i love history what can i say <laughs> i really like history but i know what um, you mean like especially if you're gay well and anti-semitism has been around for oh, generations yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Long even time, if you're jewish and you may not if you do or you don't know what's going on in europe at the same time regardless there's always anti been anti-semitism so there's always that risk of you yeah. know hateful groups 
And if you're gay, there's an even bigger risk of yeah. of hate crimes against you. And you oh my know, god, and that's so scary. So they're yeah. So you're not well, wrong. I mean, you're you're right. Like they both found out things about each other that could make certain situations in their lives more dangerous than people who aren't those things. Right. And mm-hmm. she was kicked off the swim team too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when they found out she was Jewish. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then at the same time he went to therapy and then we you know we talked about that earlier that the therapist was like, Oh, you're gay and that's a uh, mental illness. Um and the therapist told him it can be fixed. Yeah, it can but be some cured, but not cured. everyone yeah. can get cured. And I was like, Oh boy, here we go. Um <laughs> it's it's just I think that um psychology in you know 40s 50s compared to now i mean it's like it's not even recognizable to what it is like now you know what i mean like how much we know um because i don't think we really started understanding mental illness until like the mid 1900s mid 20th century you know um that's i'm kind of i'm vague i don't i'm vaguing it (laughs) i don't think it's a word but i just made it a word doesn't that sound good i like that vaguing it where you don't really know so you just kind of vaguely give an answer i'm vaguing it i don't know you could just (laughs) say i'm being vague no um (laughs) i'm vaguing it i'm being vague um because i don't actually know i'm just this is more just the general knowledge that I have, I'm kind of just guessing. But, um, so I do want to talk about Anna because she, so, cause she has, so there's Oliver and then there's her that's kind of the opposite side as far as like her parents go. She doesn't really talk about her mom very much, but she talked about how her dad would call her and say that he like wanted to kill himself, which I was kind of like, girl, answer the phone. So like he doesn't. But at the same time, I was like, well, this might not be an actual cry for help as much as it could just be like, um, you're not paying attention to me and I'm going to make you pay attention to me by threatening to kill myself when there, he might actually not be in danger of committing suicide at all. And I was kind of like, as, as the movie went on, I kind of thought that maybe that was more the case, although we never, that's never really clarified, but it seems like this is maybe something that she's just heard so many times that she's like, you know what, dad, I can't handle your shit like i can't deal with it you, you're too much you know um and i and it's just it's it's a juxtaposition compared to how you know how close oliver was with his dad and that made me sad that she just she has this distant relationship with her father but i think it's also affected every other relationship in her life i think like a really good example of that is when um he basically kind of is like, I don't feel like this is working. Like, I, I don't feel the way I should feel. And I like, I remember just like, almost like yelling at the TV. I was like, Oliver, she just moved in. You got to give it time, bro. Like, things are not going to be immediately easy. You have to let her settle and create her own space within your space, you know? And so she's like, okay, I'll leave. But there was no sort of like, we can work through this. We can try and figure this out. Like, what are you unhappy about that I can change that will make you happy? Instead, she's just like, okay, it's over. And it was very sudden and just like absolute. 
And um, I did think it was interesting that she didn't go back to New York. And I thought maybe there was like a hope there that she had. She stayed in L.A. Maybe she had a hope of reconciliation or something. But um, I think just just that that maybe that she's just kind of she's gone from place to place for so long and just had these fleeting like um one uh, something that they call an in-fight club single serving friendships <laughs> single serving relationships and that's kind of what she's had is she's had these like single serving relationships and that's maybe worked for her temporarily but that's not a long-term thing because you can't live a life off of friends that you meet once or twice because you're not you have no emotional support system at at that point um but yeah that that's basically what i want to say about about her so yeah i really like their story i really really like their how they meet Mm -hmm. i like that um so he dresses up as dr freud to go to this halloween party yeah and she's just dressed up as like a businessman or something and she's Mm -hmm. writing on a little notepad because she has laryngitis and she can't talk because she's an actress and uh I like when she asks him, like, why are you at a party if you're sad? Mm-hmm. And he was like, how do you know I'm sad? And she drew a picture of his eyes. Yeah. And he said, I thought I was hiding it so well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I like how, so he's pretending to do, like, psychoanalysis on her. And he's like, tell me about your mother. And she's like, never had one. And he's like, tell me about your father. And she does, like, the shooting yourself in the head mime. Yeah. So in the beginning of the relationship, she says her father is dead. And then as the relationship progresses, oh, that's see, I when didn't, I didn't take it that way. I took it as more like, oh, can't stand dealing with him, you know? That's, oh, yeah. I guess I, I don't know what they I actually meant. I didn't take it then, as like her committing suicide. I took it as like I can't deal with him. Like pff, I'd rather blow my head off, type thing. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyway, so so they have this interesting thing that they say to each other a couple times throughout the movie when something about themselves is revealed they say like well now i have to kill you (laughs) you know because you know too much and um i really i just really i really like the relationship i like how they're connecting i like how when they first they go back to her hotel room but they don't have sex they Mm -hmm. just sleep and i think that's really sweet because you're getting to know somebody i'm really sorry i got to feel it like coming and i was like <coughs> i could feel that like tickle coming you know oh, what i yeah. mean so i was like i'm gonna cough and that's why anyway sorry and, about uh, that going so they're you know they're getting to know each other and then when then she has to leave town and go to new york and when she comes back they start kissing and he sort of stops and he's like let's have a little bit of a conversation you know and so mm-hmm. they start talking and then they have sex and you know but um but I just and I they really thankfully like, didn't show a super awkward over the top sex scene. Yeah, thank you very much. Just, it was very tastefully done. <laughs> yes. You didn't really see anything. No, you didn't. And, uh, and it was I, just them like after hanging out in bed, and they were just like very relaxed yeah, with each other. And I like that. Me and too. I like that they were looking at the joy of sex later on. And she's yeah. like, "We should do number forty-seven or whatever. yeah, yeah." And so I like. And then well, when they when they leave the party, well, she he he asks if he can. Sorry, I'm like excited about too much. So <laughs> they go into the bathroom and they have this big reveal where they take their costumes off so yeah, they can that see was what cute. the that other person really yeah. looks like. And if I was like flirting with Ewan McGregor at a costume party, I'd be like, oh, you're Ewan McGregor. Okay. Oh, and gee. Um, So, anyway, so then they can see also Shoshana from Inglorious Bastards. So, um. Oh, where at one point I was like, I'll rip watch Shoshana. And then I was like, that's fucked up. That's fucked up that you just said that, by the way. It's a movie quote. I I know, but like. 
the context of that quote is pretty messed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, anyway. So, oh, wait, I want to say real quick before I forget. It's interesting that he dressed up as Freud since there's the whole like killing your father to marry your mother thing, the Oedipus complex, you know? That's it. That's all I have to say about that. Anyway, keep Thanks, going. Thanks, Forrest Gump. <laughs> so, what, anyway. Or, is that a thing in Forrest Gump? I, I, I saw that movie like 20 years ago. I remember time, almost nothing. Every time you say, that's all I have to say about that, I say, Thanks, Forrest Gump. And you say, is that from Forrest Gump? I haven't seen Forrest Gump. It's been so long since I've seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> I have seen it. I just saw it a long time ago. That's what I just said. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, all that aside. um, Anyway, so they go out. He's like, can I give you my number? So he gives her his number. And she calls him as he's like walking down the road with the dog. Mm -hmm. And she's like pressing buttons. Yeah, that was cute. And he's like, one button means yes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then they decide. Which works on an old like analog phone. Right? Isn't that what they're called? No, that's not what they're called. Flip phone or whatever. Works on a flip phone, but not on those new phones. So that was, I thought that was a clever detail, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, does, it doesn't, I don't think. You don't, I don't think you hear the beeping. Do you? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. Maybe we'll figure it out later. I'll call you. And <laughs> yeah, we can try it when the show's done. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's, he's I'm like. Almost, I'm only half joking. I'm half serious. I kind of want to try. What year did the parents get married? I just want to fixate on things <laughs> that don't matter. Okay. I know. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting feisty. It's okay. I'm sorry. Feisty. (laughs) Anyway, they get in the car and he's like, okay, I'll drive you point. And so she points and he like drives on the sidewalk, which is really cute. And then their relationship progresses and it's just very sweet. And then I want to go, I want to get to the scene that you talked about because I really like that scene. So eventually he's like, I think you should come live with me, Mm -hmm. live in my house. And I think that's, I really like that because I think that there is definitely like a growing period when you're, because it's not like they're moving in someplace new together where it's new for both of them. Like she's coming into his space. So yeah. that's a, it's, it's in a, not in a negative way, but it's invasive for him, especially somebody who's had so much fear. Like he said to his, his dad would like allude to comments, like be like, why are you so lonely? Why don't you have a girlfriend? Why aren't you with somebody? And he'd be like, I don't want to end up like you and mom, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So he has all this fear of relationships for good reason, because he's seen, you know, a, a relationship that wasn't, you know, like fulfilling for people, even though, yeah, you know, for all intents and purposes, they seemed happy, but there was just this, like, void, and, and that's a scary thought, and it's also just, even if you're not witnessing that, like, it's scary to let somebody in, so he's it letting is, her yeah. move in to his space. She is a tumbleweed, like you said, she's very mm-hmm. transient, back and forth all the time, she lives out of hotels, and she, so it's Fancy-ass hotels, yeah. though. I was like, damn, that's a nice hotel. So, <laughs> yeah, so they're both, like, on shaky ground, and, like, mm-hmm. the territory is, like, familiar but unfamiliar at the same time, because they've been in other relationships well, that she, didn't work I don't out. think she had ever been to his place before, she either. Had, they yeah. spent the whole time at her hotel. Yeah. And it was a very, it was emotional for her to move, too, because yeah. she moves in, and she starts, like, he leaves the room, and she starts, like, immediately he, just sobbing, you he know? He emptied out a drawer for, or drawers for her, yeah. so it's like, it's this weird, like, welcoming, domesticated aspect of the relationship that can be very scary because i think and and like i said having a little more life in me i saw this like the whole ending i like had much more hopeful connotations because it's like 
he emptied these drawers for her. So it's this like domestic welcoming that she really wanted. Like she was so enthusiastic about it. She's like, yes, I want to. I would like to move in with you. But it's so scary when you really love the person and you know from prior experience how relationships may not last. Yeah. So empty drawers signify like hope and fear. And I think it's just really, really well done. And and, and I think like the subtext of that whole scene is just really well done. And, and, um, and then she like gets up early in the morning and like goes and sleeps on the couch and and they're kind of like awkwardly moving around each other and he thinks something he's like are you okay is everything okay and i think it's really beautiful when she's like i may not be really good at this but i want to be here yeah and i was thinking like that's something to cling on to but instead he's so scared that it's gonna end that he ends it right right because of his fear and then well, I think he immediate he feels like he should be immediately blissful, yes, and exactly. I think that he has an unrealistic expectation. Exactly, and I don't know. I I don't really know why he had that unrealistic expectation, but I definitely feel like he did. Well, you know? I think in the beginning of the movie when he's walking down the hallway with Arthur and they're they're doing the <laughs> I feel like we're both like reaching out to pet the cat. The cat. <laughs> we're they're the cat. doing the uh, they're doing the subtitles on the dog, and uh-huh. the dog was like, "I hope this feeling lasts." Oh, I know. And Oliver's like, "Me too," because like that fresh feeling of falling in love with someone new is so invigorating. It really is, and um and so I think like you really want that invigorating feeling to last and and the change of her moving in was was scary and so it's hard to find that invigorating feeling when you're like suddenly faced with like oh this could end and that's really scary and well it's so like I almost like a reality because i think that they they sorry to interrupt you it's almost like they stepped outside of the fantasy of this relationship once she they left the hotel and they went to his yeah, place. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. It became like, oh, this is a real relationship that we have to right. maintain. Like, and oh shit, this is we real. We could screw it up. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to screw it up. And um, and so I think it's really sweet that so she left and said she was going to New York, but obviously didn't. Like you said, she had hope. And then he sort of realized the error of his ways and he went to New York, mm-hmm. but she wasn't there. And so she like let him, she told him where the spare key was and he got to see her actual apartment and like her apartment where was so depressing. It was so little and uh, like where she lived. And so it was like super hopeful. And then at the end, I think they obviously end up together, you know, yeah, because they're yeah. like, she comes back to his house and they just, he shows her his dad's like dating profile for like the the gay dating like oh i think it was a personal ad personal yeah yeah yeah. and then they sit on the bed and she's like what happens next you know and it's just like and that's why i also think the movie is aptly titled i think it's a really good title Mm -hmm. uh, as well and so i think it's a super hopeful ending and i think when i was like 26 i was just like it it, like made me more sad Mm -hmm. but now i see the subtlety and the subtext and in like the the display of human emotions and how how scary it is to just like put yourself out there and you know isn't it weird how things change so much just like with your experiences in life that you look well because i've talked i mean we've talked about this before but like american beauty is the perfect example for me because when i was younger i thought the relationship between lester and angela was kind of sexy and then as i grew older and i watched it you know we watched it we did it recently well like within the past year and i was like what was i thinking this is not sexy this is creepy you know bear what are you doing 
It was one kiss. <laughs> There's this video of this guy. It's like it's like cat cat uh, owners when they come home and he's just like smooching his cat and then he's like <sighs> he's like sniffing his head and I'm like that's exactly what I do too I, you gotta give him a million kisses and you take a big head inhale and it's delightful there's something about kitty heads that it's like I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know do you know Bear? no I don't know <laughs> okay um Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the part that really broke my heart was when Arthur ran up to the random dude that had, like, the balding. Oh, pfft, there he goes. He's on your lap now. You can keep going. Um, Arthur ran up to, like, this random guy at the hotel that, like, from behind looked vaguely like Hal. And, yes. yeah, yeah, and he's like, and, and Oliver's like, sir, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the guy's like, it's fine. It's whatever. But he, he was like, Arthur, that's not him. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I was like, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. That was, was so like, sweet. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then, and then when the, he was an older man, he couldn't figure out the key card to the hotel. Yeah. And so Oliver helped him with it because Oliver has, you know, Oliver's good with elderly people because right. he was helping his dad. No, come here. <laughs> She's holding the baby, <laughs> the baby cat, and um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was just it was so it was so heartbreaking though because you could see why Arthur may have confused the two from you know yeah. far away. You know yeah. they they did have similar like builds, yeah, similar and like the hair receding too. Like I mean, from behind, yeah, like and uh, it's just that was that was heartbreaking, but. Um, one of the things I liked is the, what were they, um, spray painting stuff everywhere? Me too, the graffiti (laughs) thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it, it was like, they called it something like social consciousness or historical like conscious something yes something something like that but there was historical facts for social consciousness or something yeah uh what was it i wrote down one of them well i wrote down the one uh, the uh the billboard when they said you make me laugh but it's not funny Uh uh-huh and i was like huh that's that's an interesting thing to write and i was yeah i was kind of wondering why they wrote that but there was something else i thought i wrote but i oh i did write george's name down so i guess i did know her name um but oh i like when they were doing the graffiti so elliot his friend took him out and elliot wrote like l-e-i-t and he's like it's elliot with with spray paint so then he had oliver do it and oliver wrote like i don't remember what it was like 1986 bush yeah, finds jesus, jesus or something or whatever yeah but he couldn't figure out how to get the spray paint to work at first and elliot's like shake it you gotta shake it right yeah. and then they show like fast i was clips like of a waiting couple. for them to get caught too yeah, i was me like too. i was like especially when they're on the billboard happen? and uh but i like how they showed fast clips and it was like to 1998 britney spears is the most like googled name or something <laughs> yeah, yeah something like I don't know. It was, and it was it was it's pretty interesting because yeah. it was these little facts that you're like huh and i and like you know oliver was into like history too um and then he made that whole thing that was like the history of sadness what was that was mm-hmm. that for like a cd album yeah, or it, something it, it was a, a band that wanted him to do their portraits because he was i guess like an artist cartoonist yeah, type i kind of yeah i was kind of lost as to what his job was yeah, it seemed like it he seemed just like 
maybe he was like a lot. graphic designer or something yeah. but um or an illustrator i mean but i think and he, well, wait sorry real quick because this is relevant i think he said at one point that he was really good at like tracing people's portraits and then he he did it like one time and he got like super successful over it or something yeah he said and he's like, like now everyone wants me to do it you, you do know? one thing good and everyone wants you to do it or something but i think the band's name was the sads oh okay so he made like a whole cd insert about like the history of sadness and mm-hmm. it was like the first couple to get married for the wrong reasons the first couple to do this the first uh beheading the first yeah. you know like things yeah like, and and they didn't like <laughs> i i thought i liked it i mean i don't know if i would have liked it for my album but i mm-hmm. i thought it was interesting <sighs> what else i really liked the part when they were roller skating and uh the roller skating employee was like, "You can't be in here with this dog." I would have been like, Anna, "It's a service dog." Anna starts like, yeah, like, talking yeah, to her in French, <laughs> yeah. and the woman's like, "I don't know what she's saying, but I don't like it." And I liked <laughs> that they left with the roller skates and were roller skating back to the hotel and then well, roller they were, skating like, down, roller down the down the like yeah, stairs. Down the stairs. I thought that was really sweet. That was really cute. I thought that was cute. I especially they were like they're like, "Fine, she's not gonna let us take him. Let's steal the roller skates." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like okay. Um it let's see what else um i wrote skate place i guess i oh did you ever read the velveteen rabbit Mm -hmm. when you were little yeah that story i mean i haven't read it in a long time since i was a child but that story always made me sad like really really sad sad yeah because what the kid has like scarlet fever he has to destroy all of his toys and then something happens, like a fairy visits a velveteen rabbit and makes it alive or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. I think remember, it's kind of like the story. Isn't there a story of like the little match girl or whatever? I'm not sure. Where she freezes to death, but then oh. um, she has like a like a little, like an angel or something comes and takes her to this like beautiful afterlife. It's kind of like that. We're like Holy the shit. velveteen rabbit. <laughs> The Velveteen Rabbit. I feel like a, a lot them. of these mo- books were probably written in like the late like 19th century where everything was just like really depressing and people were like obsessed with death and they were like, this is perfect. It's really sad. It's really awful. Let's get it out there. <laughs> you know? Um, which I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. When you know what? I'm going to look it up because now I'm curious. It's probably written in like... I bet the Velveteen Rabbit was probably written in the early 20th century. 1922. Oh. I was right the second time. Interesting. I had a feeling, yeah. I kind of, I was like, I I had a feeling it wasn't written in the 1800s, but whatever. Anyway, um, let's see. Oh, I was writing that I wonder if Anna also struggles with depression. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I don't know. I'm, I was wondering if Georgia did, too. Actually, I could see Georgia struggling with maybe not, like, clinical depression, but definitely um, situational depression, just because her situation is so just kind of grim and sad, you know? Um, and she's not being fulfilled. Uh because Hal was always painted as kind of just being really happy, you know? And also, he was like a museum curator or something like that, or historian or whatever. So that makes sense that Hal Oliver is like really into history. But that's also, that's like one of those jobs where I'm like, oh, jealous. <laughs> I, want, I want to be a museum curator. That sounds amazing. Like working like London, like, oh my God. <laughs> and they'd be like, you're American, aren't you? And I'd be like, I'm Canadian. <laughs> okay, A. 
It, that's what it's about. <laughs> I believed it just then. Thank you. You're I know. I yeah. I know Justin Trudeau personally. Yeah. So you know. Whatever. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I um, in that he's personally got a poster in my room. <laughs> he's personally got a poster in your room. Yeah. I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean anything. I don't oh. know how to say that. Okay. I thought maybe I don't know what that means. Um, I was joking saying like I know him personally is and I have a poster of him in my room. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it was just, it was a dumb joke. It, was it wasn't bad. a dumb joke. It was just weirdly worded. <laughs> it was. I'm saying I think he's good looking is what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> That's I didn't what I'm catch saying. that either. Okay. Okay. It's like when you have a poster of someone in your room, you sure. think they're good looking. Yep. You know, like when you're a kid. Like, you know, yeah. I had like a Leonardo DiCaprio poster up from like Romeo and Juliet. Right. And I probably Titanic too because I was like really into Leonardo DiCaprio. Sure. Which is so funny because I'm super not into Leonardo DiCaprio now as an adult. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. Right. I would say I'm the opposite. I just don't. He's okay. fine. That's all right. He's fine. Um, I don't know if Anna is depressed. Yeah. I wondered if Oliver was, but when they were first, after they had sex for the first time, and she said, you can ask me anything. Mm-hmm. And he he was like, what's that over there? And she's like, that's a chair. And then they're standing at the window, and he's like, what's that out there? And she's like, those are buildings. Those are cars. And the buildings over there are full of people just like us. And half of them think that things aren't gonna last and the other half believe in magic and i kind of like to believe like that, that she's the one who believes in magic in the relationship i like that too despite all the difficulties she was very enthusiastic about staying together yeah, and like yeah. like she said like i'm not great at this but i want to be here and he was the one who was like doom and gloom eeyore like you gotta yeah. leave it's just gonna fall off again you know and and i think that that she I think that she is the one who believes in magic, and I don't know if I would say that she was depressed. Um, I yeah. would maybe one. I think you're. I think the mother maybe. Yeah. And I think even Oliver maybe a little bit. I could see like, that in yeah. his grief, but also just in life. Like he's kind of you know he's he's lonely because he's never connected with somebody because of the upbringing that he he had. You know. Right, and that's understandable. It, mm-hmm. It's difficult to want to put so much time and energy and love into something when the only thing that you've really known is that this like just kind of upsetting distant relationship between his parents even if there was love between them there's still going to be distance because mm-hmm. they wanted two different things and he you know? didn't know what the distance was until his father came out to him i think actually they wanted the same thing they just weren't going to get it because from each other yeah they yeah. they both wanted men Oh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say, is they yeah. both were interested in men. It's just sure. that he wasn't interested in women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that makes, you get it. You I understand it. what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Uh, I like it. There was a part, so when Oliver Oliver came up to his mom when he's a kid, and he's like, is everything okay between you and dad? And she's like, what are you, a journalist? What are you, writing yeah. a book? And, he's, and she's like, everything's fine between us. And then she took him to his bedroom, and she's like, when you're upset, you go into a room, you close the door, and you scream as loud as you can. It's cath- it's something called catharsis. So she closes the door and he doesn't scream and she opens it up and she's like, and he said, I didn't feel like screaming. And she said, you will. <laughs> and then I like the moment when they're lighting off all those fireworks and uh-huh. Andy, because Andy's like a, like a uh, amateur pyrotechnics expert Wait, or something. Andy. Andy, the boyfriend, the Hal's boyfriend. Oh, right, 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 right. And so they're lighting off the fireworks and they're like him and the, the big group. 
and um and they're all like cheering and hooping and hollering and then oliver finally like lets out his scream of like yeah sadness and frustration and then and he yells fuck and then they all are like yelling <laughs> fuck and i thought that was a really beautiful moment as well i thought that was so funny because he's like fuck and then they're all like huh and then they're all like fuck yeah exactly was, it was so it was just like this moment of like they're all like wait what did he just say and then i just I, yeah that was this movie was it, it like it was feel good but it also i think it hit on such like tender human parts you know such things that i think that everyone in this world experiences that fear of something that we don't really understand and i'm not talking about necessarily relationships i'm just talking about in general um but it's i think i i like this movie because i think it is a very human film you know, and I really like human films. I really like films about just people living their lives and having these experiences and these moments and these fears because it's like, you know what? Hey, that's me. You know, that's me on that screen that's felt the same thing or whatever. You know, like I've talked about how important community is to me because Abed was the first character I'd ever seen that was so similar to me and comparing like movies to real life and stuff like that that it's always held such a, a special place in my heart because of that because of that representation i'm actually getting a little emotional again i can feel it in my um <clears throat> anyway um and this just hits on showing what can re really be beautiful but also can be you know scary and terrifying and it's it's very well written and i yeah i mean it 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 got me it got me in the feel several times you know i was i uh there was there was a couple times where i was like full on like sobbing <laughs> you know? so um but yeah i don't i don't know if i have any i uh i want to talk about the scene so when oliver is going to go to new york to sort of like surprise Anna and I guess try to get her back mm -hmm. uh, he drops Arthur off with his friend Elliot but mm. Arthur won't stop barking I know because <laughs> Arthur you know is sad he misses he Hal he probably doesn't really he know Elliot kind of that like well separation yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. yeah and so he sort of like takes so he, he goes back in he gets the dog and then you see him driving and you're like well what's gonna happen because I then thought he, he takes was gonna it, take it yeah, New York and then he takes it takes arthur to andy and you realize in, the, in that moment you realize like oh my gosh like we haven't seen andy this whole time since hal died so right, what happened right. to andy and and arthur remembers andy and arthur's like at peace with andy because yeah. he knows andy you right. know and he likes andy and he's and, not barking when yeah uh, and oliver leaves yeah i like it when andy says because andy in the earlier in the movie like got really defensive with a nurse who didn't even care that he was there and he's like i have a right to be here you know like that right right like the the homosexual like the fear of that you're a homosexual you won't be considered like a partner so you can't be in a, in a hospital room yeah, with your yeah. dying loved one and stuff like that and um and the nurse didn't really care and and, and hal was like andy take a walk cool off it's okay and he says to oliver he's like don't give andy a hard time he's you know he's been through a lot and yeah 
and Andy, in another scene in the movie, asked Oliver if he was, like, uncomfortable with his gayness. And Oliver's like, no, no, I'm not uncomfortable with your gayness. And then when Oliver finally brings Arthur to Andy's house, Andy's like, why didn't you ever come visit me? Like, you never talked to me after Hal died. You never came and visited me. Is it because I'm gay? And Oliver was like, no, it's because my dad loved you so much. And I thought that that was a really powerful sentiment where it's like he has no problem with andy being gay he doesn't want to betray his mother by accepting in a weird way like he accepted andy but he like treating andy almost like a stepfather maybe would feel like a betrayal to his mother i I didn't even think of that but that's a that's an interesting insight i think like Oliver is fighting the whole time because he accepts his dad and he doesn't care that Andy and his dad are gay. He's happy that his dad found somebody, but that happiness, I think, is is tinged with a little bit of guilt over yeah. his mother. And, yeah. and I thought it was a really sweet moment when he said that because I think Andy was like, oh, so he doesn't have a problem with me being gay. Right, right. And then they hugged and I thought it was just like really beautiful, like really f- almost like a fatherly hug, even though they're very similar in age. Yeah, I Andy think they were pretty damn quite close. Quite a bit yeah. younger than Hal, but I, I thought that that was like a really breakthrough moment and, and I, and I, that's why I said like the battle that Oliver is facing is that he loves his dad and he wants his dad to be happy and he's happy that his dad found happiness, but that being happy for his dad makes him sad for his mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I and I think that that... I just really like that they had that scene between him and Andy so they could sort of get that out in the open and get it in the surface and then Andy could give him that, like, fatherly hug almost. Yeah. And, I, and we don't know, like, Andy's journey either. Nope. You know, yeah. we don't know... I'm sure he had his own struggles with being gay, you mm-hmm. know, um, in the 80s, 90s. You know, this is especially um, during the 80s when HIV was a really, like, st- people didn't understand it and they didn't know. And um, I just, like, I love, like, the whole, like, Princess Diana thing. And she, like, visited, like, these AIDS patients. And I'm, like, I have a lot of, like... A lot of emotions for Diana Spencer. She like she holds a special place in my heart. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. It was I think that was something that the audience maybe needed, but like didn't realize that they needed until it happened. And it's kind of this like Andy's realizing like, oh, you have you are actually accepting me. It's just that I like he didn't understand why Oliver acted the way he did and like Oliver was cold. never ever unkind to him right. I think he was you know? just a little bit distant I think so too mm-hmm. but I don't think he was necessarily distant in a way that came off as being rude or right. mean yeah. he was just like you know uh, like and I, I can under I could well I think part of it too was maybe because there was the non-monogamy you know oh um, yeah. yeah yeah because Hal was like oh well I put a an ad in the paper because Andy doesn't want to be monogamous so why should I be and I was mm-hmm. like you know respect I get it um and I think maybe I can understand why Oliver might have a little bit of a hard time with that yeah um not everyone is is interested in and in non-monogamy or, or um polyamory i was i was gonna say polygamy and then i was like that's not <laughs> that's not it <laughs> that's all right um and i think maybe that could have been part of the reason he acted the way he did towards him mm-hmm. which yeah. would make sense yeah. i think yeah um so i'm pretty sure i know the answer 
but would you recommend the movie? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. This movie was my choice to do this mm-hmm. for this series as well, and I, I really like it. Um, I recommend it to anyone. It's it's sad and beautiful, and it's it's definitely a really good movie. Really good performances. Really great writing. Really good just editing, cinematography. Everything is is very well done, and it's a really beautiful story and i think it's a it's a respectful story and i also think it's it's a movie with a hopeful ending um even though hal passes away i still think he had a a very hopeful end of life yeah well he brought like such joy mm -hmm. to the world you know i think with coming out like that you can just see how just happy Hal is you know probably the happiest he's maybe ever been because he's finally being true to himself and true to who he is and how and and you know he doesn't have to hide this enormous part of him you know I mean I cannot imagine having to do that and being scared like I was actually going to bring this up earlier, but then I didn't feel like it was like really appropriate. But now I feel like for some reason it fits in. But um, in that in that show, Friend of the Family, the one about the Bob Birch told and kidnapping the young woman. Well, so one of the scenes is that the father of the the girl that got kidnapped, the girl's name is Jan. Um, he gives Bob a hand job. Well, Bob later is like, if you don't let me do what I want to do, which I mean, it was, he was a huge piece of shit. He was a predator. But anyway, he's like, if you don't want, if you don't let me do what I want to do, I will tell everyone what you did. And everyone's going to know you're gay and you'll, it'll destroy your family. It'll destroy your life. You'll, you'll lose your job. And so there was this kind of sense of like, they didn't really know what to do. And it was like a really just shitty situation, you know, but that was, that took place in the seventies. So I thought that was like, somewhat relevant <laughs> you know what i mean but anyway i i felt like that yeah that's it i i thought that was i kind of kind of like hit on that when we were talking about how you know people considered homosexuality to be a mental illness and like people lost everything over being gay you know um i mean even look at like in the 80s you know like george michael struggled with being out and stuff like that he was an openly gay man and it was a struggle for him and it's just like it's just really really sad how many people have had to hide who they are because society tells you you're not good enough or what you're experiencing is wrong or whatever you know when in the reality it's just human nature and it's normal to explore your sexuality, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to say. But yeah. Would you recommend it? Yeah. I mean, I already did. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> um, I got emotional talking about this movie a couple times. I think I'm just feeling emotional in general. But, yeah. I think it's, it's, um, it's a sweet film. It's bittersweet. It's, it's happy. But there's, you know, it's, it's tinged with with sadness but i think it's like like what you said it's hopeful and sometimes that's just what you need you know you just need like a hopeful film and yeah so 
It's got a great cast, too. I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> oh, Christopher Plummer, Neil McGregor, Melanie Laurent. Like, come on. If you like our podcast, uh, go to iTunes. Please give us five stars. It helps us out. And thank you so much to Mike Myers for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.